0: are about to listen to a Beyond the Wheel mini pod. Hey everyone, before we get this episode started, we wanted to let you know that Sean and I have been asked to attend FMCA's 106th International Convention and RV Expo, March 15th through the 18th in Perry, Georgia. We will be putting on a live daily show every morning for the full event. So if you're going to be at the show, be sure to stop by our booth and say hi. We want to thank Echo One Adventures for sponsoring our trip to the FMCA convention. Echo One Adventures is a company that does electrical installs in all types of RVs and rents travel trailers fully outfitted for off-grid living. To learn more about them, go to echooneadventures.com. Thanks again to Echo One Adventures for their support. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another mini-pod. I don't know about you, but besides the business of RVing, I am always curious about the history of it as well. As I start to dive into it, I thought it would be fun to share it with you. It all started way back in the 1860s, well before autos were even invented, but there were some items of significance that helped William Murray become the father of camping. The young nation of the United States was not quite a 100 years old in the 1860s. The decade was a tough year for the nation. The Civil War was fought from 1861 until 1865. During that time, many men and boys were away from their homes, fighting to keep the nation together. These wars involved getting close to nature and sleeping under the stars or in tents for many of the men involved in the Civil War battles. After the war, the 13th Amendment was ratified and slavery was abolished, at least on paper. In 1863, President Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, declaring that all slaves held in the states opposing the Union to be free. In addition, the Civil Rights Act of 1866 also codified the rights of African Americans as citizens of America. Needless to say, this was a turbulent decade for the U.S. Also, the nation was growing with the addition of the land of the future state of Alaska and statehood for some states out west. Additionally, during this period, industrialization fueled the economic growth across much of America's northern states, creating urbanization and the growth of cities, particularly in the northeastern part of the country. The 1860s was an era that transformed America forever while setting it on a path towards future progress and prosperity. One industry stood as a major piece of the economic growth, The growth of the railroad industry in the 1860s was a major factor in America's development. The first railroad began operating in 1830, and from then on the number of miles of track and locomotives rapidly increased. By 1853, there were 30,000 miles of track and more than 2,500 locomotives throughout the country. With the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad in 1869, America was connected from coast to coast and opened up to exploration and settlement. Trains were not just a means of moving goods. It was also a faster way to travel for people. The expansions allowed access to rural areas. This was important in the timing of the arrival of William Murray becoming the father of camping. People now had the ability to take a train from an urban area for a fast journey into the country. This allowed people to travel and take vacations to areas they would not otherwise have had the opportunity. Remember, there were not any automobiles commercially available for the masses until the 1890s, so the railroad was the only form of transportation available to travel to a wider area in a fast amount of time. The end of the war also brought an economic boom to America, which meant its citizens had more money to spend on leisure activities. The timing of all this coincided with William H. H. Murray becoming an adult, and he had certain talents that would encourage people to get back to nature and start the movement of recreational camping in the United States. William Henry Harrison Murray can be called the father of recreational camping in America, as we will explore the timing of his life, his love of nature, and his ability to convey the great outdoors through writing form the perfect storm to begin a trend of camping for leisure in the US. Murray was born in Guilford, Connecticut in April 1840. It was reported that he was a sickly child suffering from scrofula, which is a disease caused by the bacteria Mycobacterium tuberculosis that mainly affects the lymph nodes throughout the body, but the neck is often the most affected area. It also produces sores, fevers, and other general symptoms of illness. Traditional doctors of the time were unable to cure him. Antibiotics were not used until the turn of the century, so no definitive treatments were available to treat bacterial infections. According to a report in the Robinson Argus publication, Murray's parents took him to see a quack as an alternative to a traditional physician. The quack recommended that Murray go to a field being plowed and follow the plow as it was turning the soil. Now, Many times, the therapy recommended by the quacks had no scientific basis and was rarely effective. In Murray's case, however, the treatment seemed to work and it generated Murray's love of nature and the outdoors. Murray lived out his childhood and ended up going to Yale. His family was not wealthy, so he had to work his way through school, but ultimately graduated in 1862. He immediately enrolled in a seminary in East Windsor, Connecticut, and was licensed to preach in 1863. During these years, he still spent quite a lot of time in nature, excelling in field sports, shooting, and fishing. Murray became a pastor in various churches, eventually ending up at the Corner Church in Boston. He quickly became known as a talented speaker both in the church and as a lecturer. He was invited to give talks all over New England. He was one of the most popular and eloquent speakers during his time as a pastor. He still spent a lot of time in the wilderness during his years as a pastor and invited speaker. Murray took his first vacation to the Adirondacks of New York in the summer of 1864. He continued traveling there for many years. His favorite spot to set up camp in the Adirondacks was Racket Lake, specifically on Osprey Island. He was known for being fit and used his time in the Adirondacks to hike and fish. Using these vacations as a prompt to practice writing, he wrote essays to perfect the craft. He never intended to publish these essays and only used them to improve his writing ability. However, a friend of Murray's encouraged him to publish a book with the well-known Boston publishing company Osgood Fields & Co. He used these essays as a base for compiling a manuscript and submitting the manuscript to the publishing house. The book Adventures in the Wilderness or Camp Life in the Adirondacks was published in 1869. There had been other guidebooks published in the past, but none that combined travel instructions, a how-to guide, and the stories as Murray had written in this book. In April of 1869, the Litchfield Inquirer wrote of the book, Its chief merit indeed lies in its genuineness. In fact, it comes right from the heart of an enthusiast in field sports, a crack shot, and a champion trout fisherman. Overall, Adventures in the Wilderness was met with mixed reviews. These reviews were mainly centered around the influx of people into the Adirondacks, which tested the infrastructure and people of the area. In his 2017 Smithsonian Magazine article, Terrence Young explains it like this, Within months of the book's release, the sleepy Adirondack region was transformed as an unprecedented horde of two to 3,000 recreational campers, hunters, and anglers arrived from New York, Boston, Hartford, Philadelphia, and other cities. This area previous to 1869 might have seen two to three hundred visitors a year. This huge growth was all credited to Murray's book. However, many of the people that ventured into the Adirondacks were unable to find places to stay or guides to take them into the Adirondack wilderness because of the unexpected and unplanned influx of the people coming to the area to camp. Saranac Lake was the jumping-off point for many traveling to the area, and it was woefully unprepared for this large group of visitors. The unpreparedness of the Adirondack communities led many to be discouraged and speak poorly of Murray's book. This period of 1869 and 1870 was also called Murray's Rush for the amount of people that were traveling to the Adirondack region. The rush of visitors to the area was not as bad after 1870 because the communities were able to expand and the towns were able to build an infrastructure to support this new activity known as camping. The activity thankfully did not lose popularity however. Camping became one of the most popular leisure activities going forward and the Adirondacks remained a popular destination. Thinking back to when Murray first discovered the power contained in nature, it is no wonder that he claimed that camping in the Adirondacks could cure simple maladies like indigestion to severe diseases of the day, including tuberculosis. Sadly, this was probably quackery, but it got people outdoors and away from the growing urbanization and all the negative health effects of city living. This probably did have a positive effect on people's health, but not a cure for diseases like TB. Murray eventually went on to other projects, but none were quite as successful as him becoming the father of camping and the publication of the book Adventures in the Wilderness. Presidents and other elites in society, like the Vanderbilts, also visited the Adirondacks. This was probably due to the popularity of camping started by William Murray, I hope you enjoyed this quick mini-pod about the father of camping and about his life and how he encouraged people to get outside. I hope to continue doing mini-pods like this on a periodic basis as I continue my research into the history. The next major area of historical significance for RVing, I think, was Henry Ford and his friends Thomas Edison and Harvey Firestone as they started car camping in the early 1900s. So stay tuned, and I hope to have that episode out real soon. Take care, everyone, and safe travels. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for 2 dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids.